Hi, I'm Pat. Welcome to Passion of the Geeks Unplugged. Usually, Greg and I talk about geek and pop culture and everything else we enjoy. But sometimes there are things that only one of us is an expert in. This is what Passion of the Geeks Unplugged is for. Shorter, only slightly edited, straight to the point, unplugged. So, let's not lose any time. Yeah, it's retro games again. <laughs> I know I promised to do something else, but I had to postpone another subject I had planned And for another one, Greg and I decided to tackle that one together, which I'm really looking forward to, and I'm sure it will be way cooler. And, you know, today's topic is something very dear to my heart. And I know this is a huge subject, but I'll try to give a short overview of what I think in this episode. Well then, I don't know if you have heard, but apparently the adventure genre is dead. Rest in peace, you were my favorite. But why? Who killed it? After careful examination of all the evidence, everything points to two main suspects of this vile murder. Suspect number one, technology. And 3D in particular. And suspect number two, puzzle design. Or what is commonly known as moon logic. Let's cover technology first. Consider King's Quest VIII and Simon the Sorcerer 3D. These are two adventure games that, you already hear it in the name of the third Simon game, dared to jump from traditional 2D into the third dimension and fell flat on their faces. These are just two examples, but generally people nowadays seem to think that adventures struggled to embrace new technology and that Adventures simply didn't work in 3D. But these people seem to forget that almost from the very beginning in the graphic adventure timeline, with, for example, the first King's Quest in 1984, adventures were already seen as being 3D. <laughs> There weren't any polygons, of course, But character movement wasn't restricted to a two-dimensional plane. You could move in all three directions, if applicable, even if it was crudely depicted. Through graphical trickery and forced perspective, it felt like moving in all three dimensions. And I would add that the graphic adventures actually were those games with the best presentation for a long time. Although, yes, it is true that in the era of 3D acceleration, other genres like the first-person shooter, for example, did use this new technology in a much more spectacular fashion. 
And yes, some adventure games tried to do this as well. They had elaborate 3D environments, but, and of course, there is a but here, but to navigate through these much bigger locations where pointing and clicking with a mouse cursor would be cumbersome and frankly annoying, they had to resort to different control methods. And that was something a lot of adventure purists struggled with. Certain games controlled so much better when you used a gamepad. I personally never minded, but there were players who, I don't know, felt unclean using such a control method. In reality, there was a lot of experimentation going on. Some of it worked, and some of it didn't. Controlling your character in these 3D worlds was, however, the least of the problems these environments brought with them. Before, you could easily navigate from one screen to another. Sure, some screens were so big that it had to scroll a little bit, but generally you still moved from one screen to another, each representing an interesting location, though there were fillers too, of course, and almost every screen usually had a purpose. But now, with elaborate 3D locations, there was suddenly a lot of running through nicely designed but empty streets and halls and gateways and more streets. And it was tedious. Because with better graphics, more realistic animations were needed. And so characters walked with beautifully animated walking animations but very, very slowly. Especially noticeable when there was a white shot with a tiny player character. In older adventures, if you had a zoomed out scene where your character was just a couple of pixels big, he would still move with basically the same speed as if he would be all the way zoomed in. Sure, this made the player characters zipping across the screen no one cared. In fact, we liked it that way. And it was, in my opinion, more elegant than adding a running movement speed by double-clicking. I mean, honestly, if you can let your character run by double-clicking, did anyone ever make single clicks again? The only thing that happens is that everyone always double-clicks like crazy and now your character is always running. And that doesn't really feel that much more realistic to me. Sure, 3D doesn't necessarily mean more realistic. This is, like always, a choice how you want to use your tools. There are a lot of really, really great 3D adventures. Just think about, I don't know, Pandora Directive or Gabriel Knight 3. So if maybe the audio, visual or haptic design might not be guilty, perhaps the puzzle design is. The truth is, you can get experienced with adventure games. You can become an expert and have less trouble solving them. 
if you have played a lot of adventures, you start to see patterns, how puzzles are designed. You start to encounter the same puzzles over and over again, with different items, sure, different characters, different scenarios, different outcome, maybe. But it immediately rings a bell. Yes, adventures do get easier with experience. And naturally, adventure game companies try to counter that effect. But inventing new and original puzzles is like inventing a new and original plot idea. I truly believe everything has been done already. And no matter how inventive you are, in the end, it's just a variant of something that has been there before. So what else can you do to make your game harder? <laughs> Put puzzles into elaborate puzzle sequences where they aren't immediately recognized. That works well and can be a lot of fun. <clears throat> it uh, can also go too far. And I mean, you cannot fault the creators for going that route. Gamers were complaining that graphic adventures had become easier and easier. Sure, partly the ease of use of the game interfaces were to blame. A lot of people started to play adventure games by combining inventory items and clicking on hotspots without really thinking once they got stuck and no longer knew what to do. Just randomly combining things and randomly clicking on hotspots. Oh, and speaking of hotspots, adventures started to have these hotspot indicators. Actually, quite a helpful feature, but again, people started to abuse it and mindlessly go from one hotspot to the next without really giving any thought and without engaging in the scenery. Honestly, I think this mindless clicking is a viable method when you're stuck, when your adventure follows the new wave of the no-fail philosophy. Ah, but let's not go into that today. <laughs> you might want to listen to episode 29 if you want to hear more about that. I just want to emphasize how boring an adventure could potentially be if the player is not really invested. I have seen no-fail gameplay and reduced interactivity options result in people sleepwalking through an adventure. Now, I don't think that adventures should have stayed with their old-fashioned text input pauses, but I confess that I personally... I, I feel more involved in solving puzzles when I find the solution by purposefully specify what exactly I want to do. But then again, I do have the patience to do this. If I get stuck, I usually play something else and get back later. A lot of people, however, do not have that kind of patience. And after just a couple of minutes, I rather consult a guide. And I think this is, in my very humble opinion, 
really one of the biggest reasons why the AAA adventure has become extinct. The common gamer does no longer find a challenge in an adventure game. It's not just that you can't fail, but also that walkthroughs and guides are available basically instantly once a game is released. And you don't have to wait for a solution in a magazine or a call a hint line anymore. A couple of clicks and you have all the answers. And then a traditional point-and-click graphic adventure is over in about, well, I would say four, maybe six hours with little reason to play it again but to relive the story. And this is where the age-old calculation that a game needs to have at least the value of one dollar per hour fails. This may sound silly, yes, but there are a lot of people out there who still calculate the worth of a game with that formula. So, there you have it. In my opinion, the adventure genre died because people are lazy and stingy. Not because of technology or because they over-designed their puzzles to the point where they are no longer fun anymore. Uh, even though both of these reasons can be seen in later failed adventure games. It just doesn't make sense in a modern market to make a AAA traditional point-and-click graphic adventure. So... Is the adventure genre really dead? Hmm. To quote Mark Twain, reports of the death of adventures have been greatly exaggerated. It is true that the classic adventure game in the form of a AAA title does no longer exist. But in a smaller context, through indie developers, smaller teams and most importantly, through a surprisingly huge community, they are still alive and well. And it's no wonder that a lot of these concentrate on creating adventures in the style of the early and mid-90s. In my opinion, the era in which adventures worked best. There are some truly great developers creating fantastic stories and cool puzzles. I will link to some of them in our show notes. Also, with GOG.com and Steam allowing for a straightforward way of publishing these games, these new adventures are easily available. And, you know, even if you want a AAA game, the adventure genre lives on. In the role-playing game, in the platformer, even in the shooter a lot of other genres have started to incorporate certain elements of what had made adventures great. Exploration, storytelling, interesting characters, and, of course, puzzle-solving. For me, however, nothing will ever capture my gaming heart as much as a traditional point-and-click or text-input parser adventure game. Luckily, there are many adventures out there, waiting. And thanks to many talented individuals who continue to create these games, there is certainly a lot more to come. 
You just need to get into the right mindset and discipline for it to be fun. Which certainly is a little bit of work. But then again, it wouldn't be an adventure if it would be easy. Now, wouldn't it? So, this is it for this week. If you like this episode of Passion of the Geeks, a rating or a subscription in your favorite podcatcher would be awesome. We're on all major podcasting services and on www.passionofthegeeks.com and on YouTube. You can send questions and suggestions to passionofthegeeks at gmail.com and you can find us on Twitter at passionotgeeks. So, thank you for listening and take care.